0: Hi everyone and welcome to How to Build a Creative Business in a Noisy World. I'm Ali Hart and um, this series is called the Hindsight Series which is one I've been wanting to do for quite a while where I um, interview inspirational um, people who I know, uh, often who I know and love, who are making waves in the creative industry and um, someone who sprung to mind and I've known for quite a long time is Grace Atwood. Hi Grace. Hi Grace.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me,
0: Allie. It's great to have you. We are in different time zones. So what time is it with you? It's 10. 10 in the morning. And it yeah. is three in the afternoon here, Chris. Uh, when we would be together, we would often have red wine. So she definitely thought that my coffee was red wine. Did you?
1: I'm bad at time zones. I was like, is it five over there? And
0: it could be <laughs> before five and it would be fine. It's five o'clock somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well thank you so much for joining me. I, um, You have a great story to tell and that's what this whole series is about. Um, just really spotlighting people and inspiring just by being you really. Can you give us a little bit of a summary of your background? You and I know each other and um, through a mutual friend from a long time ago um, and until the pandemic really I would still get to see you quite often. You would be here or I would be over in the States but if you just tell us where you are where you're from, and love that, but what do you do?
1: Yeah, so I grew up on Cape Cod in Massachusetts and I have lived in Brooklyn, New York for, um, well, I've been in Brooklyn for four years, but I've been in the New York area for a total of 15 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I run a lifestyle blog called The Stripe. I also have an Instagram and I have my own podcast called Bad on Paper.
0: Brilliant. And your journey to get to where you are now, like that's a very um, uh, like rounded up, very straight answer. So you, it's been. I always talk about it with creative businesses, and especially being self-employed, the route is very much um, zigzag. It's never really straightforward, and one thing can lead to another opportunity. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about even whenever? Because I know that you were in Sephora and different places. Do you want to tell us if you have or where you studied and?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, my career has been all over the place. I was a finance major when I was in school and I minored in corporate communications. And I always was like, I want to be a fashion buyer because it sounded like shopping for a living. And I was like, (laughs) I can do that. Like I love clothes. I love beauty products. This is going to be great. Mm -hmm. And then I got there and it was great. The team was amazing. The store was fantastic. Um, but it was literally most of the day I was just working in spreadsheets. Okay. And, that, and I was okay at that. Like I was good at it. I just wasn't passionate about it. And then, um, so this was back in Boston right after school. Okay. And then um, what happened was Macy's, which was um, in the U.S. like the is like the really big department store, mm-hmm. um, bought our department store. So we were all going to lose our jobs. Okay. And so I... Um, was kind of faced with staying in Massachusetts and there weren't very many great companies. There was like a few, I would say like clothing companies that are more for like women in their fifties and sixties. And then there was a few athletic companies and I'm not really an athlete. So that wasn't really for me. (laughs) Um, So I made the decision to move to New York and work for a company that had just been acquired by Procter and Gamble. And that was, I would be working in marketing on um, fragrances, which is what my category had been when I was at Filene's. And um, it was very, very scary at the time. Like I lived in Massachusetts my whole life, went to school outside of Boston, loved Boston, didn't ever see myself leaving. And then um, I just went for it. And I was like, I'm gonna stay for two years, two years. And then I'm gonna come back to, (laughs) to Boston. And then I never left.
0: Uh, yeah how many years ago was that um what how many years ago was that 15 wow yeah we thought you would leave. and then tell me about your um so that was in what year was that uh, that you were working then was 2006 2006. Yes, that's never Michael and I got married. So yeah, that's 15 years ago. That would make sense. Um, and did you then, in terms of the blogging, we can come to that in a minute. But you, I talk a lot about work ethic as well. So obviously you were happy to take on different roles and to try different things. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your parents as well and their um business?
1: Yeah. So they um they had a restaurant growing up and they were very creative. My mom was always um, doing craft projects with us and teaching, you know, we would paint and we would do beads and we would make jewelry. Um, and we played dress up. We had a, like a very creative childhood. My dad was a chef, which inherently is a very creative and very demanding profession. And I think I just always saw them running a business, working really, really hard. I actually didn't really aspire to work for myself until I was much older. Like in college, I was like, no, I want to work for a big company and have benefits and health insurance and a 401k and all of those perks. Um, but as I got older, I really appreciated their entrepreneurial tendencies and it definitely is something that rubbed off on me.
0: Yeah. And also um the longevity of the restaurant as well. Do you could do you remember how many years did they have the restaurant?
1: Oh my God. I want to say I think the restaurant was close to 40 years old when they sold it
0: because my yes. grandfather
1: started it and then they kind of took it over and then they had me a couple of years later. Okay. And they sold it a couple of years ago. So I want to, I think it was close to 40 years old when they sold it. So I think it's a hard business.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you are one of three, three, you're the eldest, aren't you? Three I am.
1: Girls. I am the oldest of three sisters.
0: Um. And then, so tell me then a little bit about the blogging, how that came about, because I... Whenever we first met, like we were, you know, both doing, like I was, I think I was doing photography at the time um, and you had started a lifestyle blog and it was back whenever um, social media now, we can can come to that, why social media has changed things. But, you know, at the time, whenever you were blogging, people read blogs, obviously, but also a um, majority of people who didn't have Instagram accounts at the time or Facebook or were just getting used to it, they didn't understand it. Can you tell me a little bit about the journey or what inspired you to start or how you, that came about alongside your job that you were working in at the time?
1: Yeah, so like the career stuff continues and I'll just summarize that really quickly. <laughs> I went to p and I was there for about four years okay. and it was 2008 and or 2009, I don't know, I'm bad with the math. And I was laid off in the, um, during the recession here. Mm -hmm. So, um, then I went to Cody, which was another big marketing company. And I just had this boss that, so I was working on nail color and I still remember her making me line up. And I think, you know, this story that she pulled, she, it was like devil wears Prada. She would pull out these bins of light pink, pale pink nail polish and have me categorize them in order of sheerness to, to like more opaque. So, you know, SC Mademoiselle through ballet slippers, um, like all, bubble bath. Like I'm still like, I still can't really do light pink on my nails because like I'm a little bit traumatized from that
0: job. Have, Yeah.
1: but it was, it was like the girl, a million girls, the, the job a million girls would dream for or kill for like that quote from Devil Wears Prada mm-hmm. in that I was naming the nail polishes and coming up with the shade names and creating all the displays. And I had my own office it was like my first time in my life earning six figures and I was like it was supposed to be that dream job but I was so creatively unfulfilled and also just unhappy I felt like I sat in that box with like it was sorry I'm calling it a box in my office which was a box with no light like I was getting no sunlight all day and like people need sunlight to thrive um yeah
0: and your hours as well were long weren't they there was it was demanding yeah.
1: They were very long and, um, they got longer when I went to, um, Bobble bar, which was the okay. Um, but it was just, it wasn't a good fit for me. And so I started this blog as like a creative project. I didn't really tell anyone about it outside of my friends. And like, I got really active on Twitter cause that was the only social media. And I like made all these internet friends and connected with all these other bloggers, but I never showed my face and I didn't like show anything about me yeah Um, but I would write about like new like new things going on or beauty products I liked it was fair like I would make my collages for the blog in Microsoft paint
0: yeah
1: certainly was not a professional very professional endeavor my boyfriend at the time who's our mutual friend um bought me like a canon rebel camera so that I could take like
0: I remember yeah (laughs)
1: <laughs> somewhat decent photos now an iPhone could probably get that same quality yeah but, um, it was a it was a it wasn't a great blog at first it, it like like any project it got better with time yeah
0: and consistency yes like yeah. and that was the really that was the thing that was one of the things that we bonded over was people don't didn't really get it um but you believed it and it was working and even the internet friends thing that's so normal now whereas at the time okay. if I remember going to Manchester to meet um, bloggers that I had met online and people were like, you're going on your own to meet people who you met online, whereas that's the world as it is now, really. And then did you find um, it just started to build traction? So when I look on my own um, career, the photography was brilliant and fruitful and it was great. But I felt you're saying about the creativity it was great for creativity but it wasn't what I trained in which was the painting. thing and um, so I literally sold all my equipment one time and just like this is it I'm not doing any more photography I remember
1: when you did because I was like oh when I come come over can you like take some quick pics for my blog? <laughs> and she's like if you bring your camera
0: I know so that um, then that feels very drastic but um it was a way of me cutting like the week to the chat or whatever that cut the weight from the chaff you're just getting rid of what the noise was to keep going Um was there a point when you decided look this is you know the tractions there I don't know whether it was ads or click through and you were able to start making money from the blog and, and one outweighed the other um, did you was there a point that happened
1: yeah so I went to another job after Cody and I took a pay cut to go there because it was going to be another a more creative role okay but um, it was a startup, so I was working a million hours. And it just got to a point where the blog was making more money than the um, my job at the startup, but I was um, quite attached to the startup. Like mm-hmm. I just felt like I had put my whole like blood, sweat and tears and so much work into helping to build it. And I did not want to leave, but I realized my mental health was starting to suffer. Like there was yeah. one, um, one weekend, it was, it was in 2015. So I think it was 20, 2014 because yeah. okay. the vlog turned vlog turned 10 in 2020. So, so 2014 or 2015, okay. um, doesn't matter. And I like, couldn't get out of bed. I was just so tired. And I was like, I'm not sick, but like I, my whole body just felt like lead. And I remember I lived in that studio with the lofted bed, which you remember,
0: which was cool for anybody in Northern Ireland who's listening like we would we would look at it and be like wow this is so cool but yes you were doing a lot
1: yeah I was like I can't I can't move I'm so tired and that was kind of like a wake-up call where I was like I like need to like make some changes in my life because this is not the life I want to live like I can't you can't just only work Uh it's not healthy and
0: I know that Grace is saying that but me knowing Grace and being with her and especially like times whenever there was demands with brands that were working with you but then you were also like you literally were working it was the longest days you can imagine and it would you would be like just give me 10 minutes till I look at this or and then you take a call like and it was constant and then you get up in the morning go to that job come back like very demanding
1: yeah So it got, it just got to be a, a, like way too much for one person. And that was before Instagram was even a really big thing. It was really just the blog. And like, I wasn't, I was on Instagram, like for fun. now Instagram is like such a big part of what I do and my revenue and everything else. So very glad that I um, got that off my plate because it's also freed up space for other things. Like now I have a podcast and I still have the blog and but my Instagram is growing and I'm working on a lot of stuff on that so
0: um and so tell me then about your um you don't need to tell about necessarily income or that sort of thing, but if you were advising someone who thought about this kind of venture do you separate the blog into the standard do you do you look at it like a product in a way and then you have the marketing side the branding you know do you have all that because I know that you had an assistant as well who helped with admin too do you look at things seasonally or how what's the pattern for your work at the minute
1: I plan everything out I have like a excel uh, or like a google doc actually I don't have excel on this computer anymore I have a google doc calendar and I plan everything separately now so the podcast everything's all together so I can see it as one kind of master picture but every day there's a slot for blog Instagram Instagram stories now is that's become such a big thing yeah um and then the podcast so I can kind of see like the master picture so for example yesterday our podcast was about new year's intention setting so I was like oh I should do a make my blog post and like some Instagram stories about new year's intentions so that it all kind of flows together or You know, on a book club day, I'll make sure that I'm also talking about books on my social media channels. But I kind of, I've started to see all three things as very separate. Um, Whereas when I first got started, I was just using Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of it to drive to the blog. And now the Instagram is its own kind of separate entity.
0: Isn't it? um, Social media is, I always say, like, it's really where I've built my own brand really and Mm -hmm. even in terms of number like I talk about like and I know you and I've talked about this before how like depth over breadth is much more important because you know you're saying about stories and yeah you might only reach you know a fraction of the following but those people are the people that want to be there Um yeah what is your view because I I just think social media is I sometimes love it sometimes I don't know I don't hate it but there's times that I have you know you always have to protect your own so how deep you can go into <laughs> to it but mm-hmm. in terms of a business strategy I think that it is it's brilliant do you have a view on that as well
1: yeah I think it's a really hard thing to balance um it's funny we last night for my podcast we interviewed Elizabeth Gilbert who did um big magic and eat Pretty. yeah
0: yeah um,
1: Okay, I, I don't know like like she's really famous in America, but like I never. Yeah, that was
0: I think I've like, got that book here actually, the the magic one. Yeah,
1: it's a great book. We're we're rereading it for my podcast, so you should reread it with us. You can yeah, in our book club. I um, mean. and we asked her that very question, and she was like, "I don't know," because you know she's like, "I want to sell books and I want to connect with my audience, but the best way to um." get your creative juices flowing and step away from social media. So she's like, I'm really only on it for, she has her own book club, which is great. I think it's called Onward and every month they read a different um, a different book by a black author, black okay. woman, female author. So I'm gonna start doing her book club too because um, I'm definitely trying to read more books by yeah. authors of color. And yeah. I think she has like the best taste in books and also such incredible connections so she can get those interviews with those really big authors.
0: So that's Um, called onward. Did
1: you say? Yeah. Onward book club. Okay. Um, but it's such a hard thing to balance. So I think one thing for me is that I now take Sundays off from Instagram and I don't post anything. Mm -hmm. Like it's Sunday is like, do not look at Instagram. If I find myself checking it, I actually like delete the app from my phone. I'm clearly an internet addict.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, I think all of us are now, isn't it? But I feel exactly the same about the creative side. Um, for me, with painting and with everything, like mine was only a week, but I guess for anybody that's not in the the, work, the line of work that we do, like a week's quite a long time. You know, for us, like, so for me being off like one full week, it's like, you're just not, and I, it's the same, I had to delete it from the app because- it's a habit as well it's not even like a I don't want to see people's stuff it's just I wanted to break that habit so I lift my book to read or Mm -hmm. I walk or I have conversations so um but then the beauty of the beast is that if we're not on there and people aren't in our content they'll be on someone else's content
1: yes exactly so but I did um one of my friends um is rep by one of the bigger like Instagram agencies or what have you. And she said that their company actually did all this research. And when an influencer or any person who has a large social following takes a day off, as long as they're consistent about it, um, not only is it fine and it doesn't impact their numbers, the day that they come back, their stats are, are always higher.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I find that. I'm sure you find that with your huge following.
1: Yeah, I just there's this like fear that.
0: Yeah. Well, if you think that it's going to lose everything, isn't it? It's because you're a real person and we have real fears and we month to month, often you don't know what is going to happen.
1: Yeah. And with the state of the world, I mean, especially what's happening right now in the U S but you guys have your own stuff too.
0: Yeah. Or just the fact that we're all in this quarantine lockdown. Like, can you believe that the whole world? Yeah, I know. Um, and you then um in terms of motivating yourself do you have a way that you so aside from social media and and different things like um you and I would have taken quite a lot of yoga classes together Mm -hmm. are you still yogaing what would you or is it like how do you motivate yourself on all fronts so work um just self-care or well-being
1: yeah. So I have found I'm much more motivated when I'm not over scheduled. So one thing I've been doing is just like clearing house and not saying yes to anything unless I really want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing is making sure I move every Thanks day. For doing this podcast. Oh, obviously that's like, an- <laughs> um, so taking, making sure I get out and move and get a walk-in every day. And also I've gotten really into this woman. Um, her name's Melissa Wood, and she has this workout program. And I think you would like it, actually. You're more like, you do a lot of heavy weights. Like, you are, like, fit. I'm like, oh, I like yoga and Pilates and strength. Well, I used to be. I
0: used to be. I think I even just posted a, st- a picture of my uh, protein shake earlier, and I said at the bottom, you can find more of these of my blog from when I used to be better at this. Like, <laughs> I'm not as good at the minute. So, so Melissa... Melissa-
1: Melissa Wood and all of her okay. workouts are generally under 40 minutes. Like most of them are 20 to 30. And that is like if you can't find 20 minutes to move, you are doing something wrong. I know. So like and she's really big with the mom crowd, which I think you probably have a lot of moms that listen to you as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that she just does such a good job with balance. Great.
0: So. I'm in the M. Soneta Graca. Not a great I don't
1: know kid. who that is.
0: She's like, well, she's like really great, but her workouts have been great. But like, I have to get up in the morning at like five 30 to do them. Cause they're about an hour long. Oh, yeah. Um, but, um, tell me then, well, I just would love to be there with you now having like a coffee as well as that before your lovely coffee or after it.
1: It honestly, so this is probably bad. I don't have like a real routine. I kind of do it in the middle of the day, which like I wake up and I put my workout clothes on and I can't take them off until I've done my workout.
0: <laughs> my workout. Well, that's good. That's discipline. <laughs> um, and do you have um, a, 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 so dreams? Like I, of, I ask people this, and I think that they feel like I should, They should say very specifically, I want this amount of money in the bank account. I don't mean that type of, well, it can be whatever dream you want. And some people just want to continue to be content and happy. Other people want to um, like build a business to a certain, is there a dream that you have for you? I know that you are moving, which is massive.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm moving in April. So I'm really excited. I'm ready for the next step. I've, I don't know i love new york it'll always be my home but um i'm ready
0: good and um, for the business then that will just like your dreams whether for yourself do you have any I, i'm assuming moving to Charleston is going to tick a box but
1: yeah so i um i'm a big believer in writing down all of my goals like every year at the beginning of the year mm-hmm. on the business front it's just more growth and um more product collaborations i was really fortunate to work with amazon this year to design some clothing collections and that was like the most fun thing I've ever done um and I worked with a UK brand actually it's called night Tire, to design some sleepwear and that was the most fun
0: um is that still going how did I miss that because my mom just said to me last week if you want new PJs is it still going
1: um I think it's about sold out they still have a few more sizes left
0: okay um
1: but I think it's like the last correspondence I had with her I can send you the link. Um, But there, she's great. And um, on the personal side, I really want to buy property in the next year. So those are my goals. Yeah.
0: Um, Isn't it like it's not funny? Isn't it interesting that probably both of our goals would have included travel until lockdown?
1: (laughs) God, I miss travel. Like, what is what are airplanes like? I know.
0: Um, when you went to Charleston over Christmas, did you fly or were you? And then you were saying you were in, you were in quarantine and stuff for two weeks, weren't you? So
1: I did fly, and it was a really hard decision. But um, at the end of the day, I have a cat, and I don't have a driver's license. So yeah. my sister, her husband, her toddler, and her two cats, and me and my cat, almost rented a big car to drive. And then we were kind of like, this is not a good idea. Yeah. Like all of our stuff for six weeks plus a baby and three animals and three adults in one car for 13 or 14 hours. (laughs) So we did decide to try. What we, the policy here is you quarantine for, I think three days before you get a, a test, then you get on the plane. When you get back four days later, you get another test. And we were all fine. We, my other, my third sister was furious with us and thought that we were gonna kill our parents so um oh
0: whereas I feel like the flying if I could go somewhere I, I probably I might um I, I don't know because if you think about it when I get the train sometimes to, like yeah. I guess we're exposed to it anywhere from some I've had COVID and we don't know where I got it so
1: yeah it's hard to say like what is good and bad I'm yeah. of the mind of like do not go on leisure vacations right now yeah um and I did get a lot of criticism from some members of my audience for traveling but at the end of the day we that's did different everything.
0: that was family and that yeah, yeah we did
1: everything as safely as we could and I don't want to use the mental health excuse but I was really suffering this year and those were yeah. the best six weeks I've had in a long time
0: and you hadn't even seen your parents in about a year I'm sure you haven't
1: yeah yeah
0: um, and do you have any advice for people who would be listening who are um so quite a few of the people that I met students that I would mentor or in in a job and they have a creative business and they they want to get to the stage that you and I got to where we want this one to fly you know the, the creative one and um, do you have any advice for people who are self-employed or would would about becoming we call it self-employed over here do you call it that as well? That- yeah yeah. So, um, do you have any advice on that? Good, bad, ugly, positive.
1: I would say really like get really clear on your gut feeling. Um, I think as women, we learn like not to listen to that, but i found that anytime I listen to my gut, it leads me in the right direction. Um, I would say, be prepared to just work really hard, but I promise you it will be worth it. Like mm-hmm. I made a lot of sacrifices early on so that I could do this and I never take it for granted. Um, because like, you know, you know, back in the day when I was working like 80 or 90 hours a week, um, it was worth it to be able to now be self-employed and now be in charge of my own calendar. And I'll never take that for granted.
0: Yeah. And it's about believing the dream, isn't it? You know, knowing that because even at the minute, I feel like I'm sort of back to square one with my like my YouTube has subscribers and everything on it. But because I was focused on other social media, I feel like I'm back to square one with YouTube. But I have to keep thinking, like, I believe the dream. I believe the dream.
1: And it's also OK to just focus on one or two things at a time. Like mm-hmm. you cannot like give yourself fully to like being a mother and Run, doing your paintings, and Instagram, and Facebook, mm-hmm. and Twitter, like, and YouTube, like. Let some things go, um, yeah. and you can always pick them back up later. Um, I'm really always focused on what's bringing me personal joy and what's bringing me money. Yeah. Um, and if it's not doing either one of those things, then like, let it go. Because
0: That's doing- great advice. Sorry, what were you gonna say?
1: Here's an example. Um, we were doing a bunch of live shows for the podcast and granted we're locked lockdown, so we can't do them. Yeah, I really, I frankly did not enjoy them. I liked it a little bit, but I didn't like all of the work related travel mm-hmm. and I didn't like just how, it was so much work to book those shows, to book the guests, to book mm-hmm. our travel, to try and get our travel comped from brands, but then we would have to be posting and tagging about them all while we were there. Yeah. And I just would feel so emotionally drained um and we weren't really profiting from it but the optics like people were like oh grace is just like so successful she's going on all these she's going on tour um it wasn't bringing me joy it was not making me money so we're not really doing we might do more eventually um, it could be fun, you know, after the pandemic, I might have a whole new outlook on this. But- well, also
0: it's, it says a lot that you're able to fill those seats because my big thing about in-person workshops, I know it's not the same as like a live yeah. event like that, but you know, if I had 60, because um, you could, I was doing small venues, but 60 seats, people think that's not very much, but that still means someone has to feel compelled to buy mm-hmm. a ticket to go there. And I find that was actually really stressful. Yeah, it, it is. I mean-
1: someone is paying money and giving their time to come learn from you or see you talk or have you entertain them um it's a lot it's stressful like we we also like maybe got like started thinking almost too big like we booked a few venues that were 300 people and we weren't able to sell those out so
0: and um, but people don't see that sure they don't either but I do think everything leads and if you hadn't have done that you wouldn't know now that you don't want to do that anymore
1: you have to just try it I'm a big fan of trying as many things as you possibly can Mm -hmm. and seeing what the things that you love are and the things that also make money because we want to be happy but we also like want our nice shoes
0: exactly and that is one thing that um that business was actually really really good for me during lockdown which I can't actually believe but then I think I suffered a little bit of exhaustion and then when I got COVID because of that um but uh it's i think what i learned last year was like those things are nice um it's lovely to have the nice things as you said. but you still have to do the work you know when you think yeah. some days i would just love someone else to do the work but that's the beauty of figuring out um i, I guess subscription models or different um passive incomes. i guess you could say i don't know
1: I need some passive income. I haven't figured that one out yet.
0: Can you pass it on to me when you get there too? And we'll kind of wrap it up because I know that you will have a busy day booked in, but have you, well, I know you will, which is exciting. What book are you reading right now, Grace? Apart from Big Magic or?
1: So I'm reading a book called Layla by Colleen Hoover and it's like a thriller. It's not, So I will tell you, you know this about me, but your audience might. My guilty pleasure, like how I unwind is not reality TV or, um, I don't know, eating junk food or look like any of the, the vices that people have. Mine is like gone girl ripoff books. So I love yeah. a good thriller. Um I also try and make you sure also I also read, read
0: a book. ton of the so that's why her what's your podcast called again? so people can look it up too.
1: Oh, our podcast is bad on paper and we have a monthly book club. Um yeah. so I'm reading that, but a smart book that I'm reading is called Joyful. <laughs> Okay. by Ingrid Lee, and you would love it. It's all about it's I really recommend it for anyone who's in the design world or in, an artist. It's all about how objects can bring us joy, okay. okay? It's like scientifically researched. So, you learn about principles like why round objects bring us joy, why symmetry um, makes people happy.
0: There's right.
1: just it's fascinating, but it's taking me forever to read because I literally sit there and I read it and I highlight and I take notes and like write things down because I'm like, I want to like have this knowledge for my brain, but it's gonna like, my mind has become a sieve. Like I'm turning 40 next year and I can't keep anything together.
0: And we were also talking today, I had another interview earlier on today and we're talking about just the fog with lockdown. It's a bit of a fog because it's just so bleak.
1: I think you're completely right. Like I definitely feel like a fog. I don't remember like the first few months of the pandemic, I was like, (laughs) there? I was having wine every night. I, so was I, yeah, I feel like it was the only way to cope. Cause that was when I truly wasn't seeing anyone. Now I'll go for a walk or like walk to a local restaurant and sit outside and mm-hmm. like bundle the hell up. But, um,
0: yeah, the first, the, the first one was really, I think we, even, well, I guess if you look at education has changed now, you know, they're better equipped this time around where we're back in lockdown at the minute. Um, and then there's obviously the hope with the vaccine, which is great. But uh, yeah, that first one was just such a shock to the system. I, we were the same, like it was, we drank lots of wine and then, but the good thing was the weather was a bit better over here. You don't have, you do have your porch, don't you, at the
1: Yeah. So one of my little creative projects was I got my porch, like all pretty. I have like, it's like a street adjacent patio. So it wasn't very nice. And the problem is like anyone on the sidewalk could see. And so I put up like privacy Ivy and I put down like an AstroTurf floor and got some inexpensive furniture that I locked to the fence because people like to take things. Um, Uh, Yeah. that, that saved me. I would just sit out there and read or have like one or two friends over for like a socially distanced patio cocktail. Oh
0: love and that would I want to awesome. come and sit there.
1: I know and I'm gonna be gone by the and time-
0: you're not I gonna come. I know I'm not gonna get there but that's okay. I'll come to Charleston because I love Charleston.
1: I have a pool in my Charleston place. So
0: <sighs> yeah I spent the summer there with our friend our mutual friend Emma as well. I'm actually yeah. I've just remembered now I'll have to get Emma on here too to talk.
1: Oh my God,
0: her business is incredible. I know, she's doing so well. Um, well, thank you so much. I just I just love seeing your face as well.
1: I know,
0: I really miss you. Um, and for inspiring, because that is the thing with um, this Hindsight series is just looking back on people's lives and the direction they've taken and how they've got to where they are. But um, I really look forward to airing this and I cannot wait until... I see you again in person, but for everyone else, you can find Grace on Grace Atwood. Oh, she's taking a photo. <laughs> on That's Grace, I
1: have something to post as a social.
0: Oh, sorry. Yes, on you... um, Grace Grace um, grace.atwood. Um, what are we doing? Uh, this oh, my... is if people are to find you on social.
1: <laughs> my Instagram is at Grace Atwood. My blog is thestripe.com. My podcast is Bad on Paper. It's also got its own Instagram
0: um and that's that's my stuff that is it well it's been so lovely and yeah i really um i'm really enjoying this series and if you just want to hit um the subscribe then you will get all the other interviews as well but um thank you very much for listening thank you for joining me and for watching now that i'm on my youtube too thank you for joining me grace
1: i this was great thanks for having me
0: i will see you all on the other side i'm
1: gonna stop recording and then i'm just gonna
0: the boys will want